Right, here we go again. Welcome to the programme. And uh, this, of course, is the James Well Radio uh, podcast, which you can hear anywhere you like uh, on almost any uh, any device you like. The only thing I was going to say, actually, the only thing this isn't broadcast on is television channel. I'm actually not sure if that's right. There may be a couple of TV channels that take this and just put old photographs of us uh, over the top. That you never know, do you? But it is available on radio stations, tablets, phones, wherever you want it. Um, and you can go to the website jameswellradio.co.uk and you can listen to sort of nearly a week's worth, I mean, just end-to-end week's worth of shit that comes out of my mouth quite often. Uh, and I'm not responsible for it. Rob, who produces this, is totally and utterly responsible. I am not. I'll take full responsibility, and yes, it is on TV. If you have an Apple TV device, you can uh, watch the podcast. Yeah, well, there we are. Um, So you can, uh, not that there's anything to see, but yes, you can watch it. Um, uh, Right, okay, where do we start today? I suppose uh, a lot of you, well, I know a lot of you, because I've had a lot of messages um, about Mrs. W, who sadly is uh, undergoing treatment for stage four lung cancer, which uh, is uh, pretty distressing, to be honest with you. I'm not going to talk too much about it. Uh, I would like to thank everybody that has been in touch on social media, people who've called me, people who've, uh, who haven't seen for years, funnily enough, who've, who've been in touch. Uh, Melinda sends her, her love to everybody and uh, thanks everyone for their messages. Um, there's not a lot you can say about it, really. Uh, I've had cancer. You, Some of you will have had cancer. It is a, a, a beast of a disease. Um, what else can I say about it? I don't know. Um, and you have to get... People said to me the other day, they said, oh, you're still doing your radio show, you, you know, and you sound um, no different. What do you want me to do? I mean, <laughs> it's a terrible thing to say. Melinda... Uh, may well have a limited amount of time left. Um, <clears throat> she's undergoing some some very traumatic treatment at the moment. Um, the prognosis is not good at all. She knows that, I know that, we talk about it a lot. Um, but unfortunately, and it's a very glib thing to say, life goes on. And uh, much as I'm sure everybody imagines that those of us who do this sort of uh, job for a living are multimillionaires rolling in wads of cash, most of us aren't. Some are. They're the lucky ones, and they're very few. Most of us aren't. So I have to carry on working. I could run up huge debts, but I don't really choose to do that, and I don't think she would want me to. And listen, it's not as if I'm a, I do a proper job, is it? It's not as if I go out for eight. Well, I do actually sometimes go out for eight hours a day, sometimes 16. But uh, whilst Melinda is ill, most of the programs I do come from my studio here at home, sitting here in uh, in the uh, countryside of the uh, southeast. That's one of my dogs barking in the background with a beautiful blue sky today. I don't know what it's like where you are. I don't know what time of day you're listening to me. But this is um, uh, because... I, it's 11 o'clock in the morning, I'll be honest with you. Uh, it's a, What day is it today? I've forgotten. It's Friday. Friday. Um, and I have uh, done the dishwasher, done the washing machine, hung the washing out, made some breakfast, done Melinda's meds, and uh, now we're doing an hour's worth of show. And it's probably making up for all those years where I thought uh, doing a radio show or being on the television was uh, work enough. 
and did very little else, so I'm making up for it now. Um, so, and I'm, I'm not bothered one way or the other. Uh, well, I am bothered. I'd rather she was doing it, and she wasn't ill, to be honest, but there we are. Um, so there's not a lot I can say about it, except thank you for your, your wishes. Um, we, of course, realise that this is something that an enormous amount of people go through. They don't have the luxury of being able to talk about it publicly, and sometimes that's very therapeutic for people to do. But whatever happens to her and I, life goes on. Whatever happens to you, life goes on. That's the way it is. I was thinking the other day, you know, you, you, you tread on a couple of ants, you're not even aware of it. Might be devastating to the ants' families and all the little ants. But life goes on. Um, so that's what you have to bear in mind, I suppose. My life will never be the same again. Um, after I was uh, diagnosed with cancer, strangely enough, 18 years ago, almost to the day, uh, life changed immeasurably then. And now it will change and is changing again. And the only thing, the only, the only bit of positivity about this is that in my position, I can say to you, Melinda had a cough for a long, long time well over a year, maybe two years. I can't really remember now. And it wasn't a bad cough. It, it, you know, she didn't have a, a cold. She just, <coughs> oh, that damn cough, <coughs> like that all the time. And I said to her after a few months of this, I said, you know, could you stop coughing? It's getting on my nerves. Go and see the doctor. Oh, I'm fine. I don't need to go and see the doctor. Go and see the doctor. We have this argument quite regularly over, over the months. Uh, and then nothing, you know, and then it was... I should have dragged her to the doctors in hindsight. And she wants me to make sure that other people realize that cancer doesn't hurt. I've had it. I had a tumor the size of a football inside me. And until I started peeing blood, I had no idea it was there. Cancer doesn't hurt until it's too late, usually. So... If you've got anything that you think is feeling a bit funny in your body, go straight to the doctors is my advice, because if this disease is caught early enough, then it can be treated, and many times successfully, from lung cancer to prostate cancer to breast cancer to any other sort of cancer you can think of, if it's caught early enough, then people can survive and carry on with their lives. I'm a testament to that. And many other people are too. But sadly, when you get to stage four, there is no cure. There's treatment, and hopefully we can delay the inevitability of the disease for Melinda. That's what I'm hoping. And I remember when I asked how long I had left, and, and my consultant said to me, oh, you could go under a bus, I don't know, really. You might get two years. You could get 20 so I'm 18 years on now. I'm thinking, I hope I've got a little more than two. And then I, I talk to Melinda and I'm thinking, if I get a year or two years, I will be absolutely ecstatic. So that's all I'm going to say, really. Um, I was going to be very rude about uh, certain people who told me I ought to be turning to God. Because what I could say, if there is a God, then uh, maybe that God should make him or herself known. Because if there was a God, I could actually do some evangelizing, couldn't I? But whilst I see children struck down by cancer, 
I don't think there's a God. When I see some of the actions of human beings in the world, I don't think there's a God. When I see Mrs. W lying in her bed in the room next door to me now, in pain a lot of the time until I give her painkillers, not really able to eat anything, not being able to get up. Some days she does have a good day. Some days she can actually talk and sound like she used to. Other days she sounds like someone I don't know. Does a god do that? And don't tell me about fucking free will or I'll throttle you. I don't believe that there is anything other than possibly the continuation of our very being, probably joined together in a universal spirit. I don't know. I'm not really prepared to, to share my innermost thoughts with you. We all have these thoughts. But if there was this wonderful God that people spend their time and money and efforts bowing down to, maybe that God would have made sure that children in particular and people who don't hurt other people actually didn't suffer. And if I hear somebody with a crap phrase like only the good die young or something like that, I'll punch them. Far too much time and effort is wasted, in my opinion, on religion. And it's about time we spent all that money. Imagine all the money spent on religion, all the money you could get from the Vatican put into medical research and science. Imagine where we would be. And imagine if you could actually help those people in very poor nations who are obsessed with meeting someone like the Pope or something like that. Imagine if all that money and, and everything, don't get me going. But one last word I will say on this, and then I won't say any more, is that what I'm going through and what Melinda's going through is not unique. All of us will go through something similar at some time in our lives. This is not unique. This is part of life. And when you get to this stage in your life, you have to deal with it. And if we talked about it a bit more, and if we didn't allow those people in the, you know, the churches, the synagogues, the mosques, the temples, the, the whatever else, perhaps we would deal with it better. I don't know. I'll leave it there. Sitting in my room and I'm on my own It's cold outside and I'm feeling alone So I turn that dial and my radio's on I hear James Well and my troubles are gone I hear James Well on the radio I hear James Well and his podcast show I hear <laughs> Always put a smile on your face, a dog. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, right, well, that was uh, edited highlights of my dog, Daisy May, having a little bark. And <laughs> she's doing it again, isn't she? Hang yeah. On. Uh, as Rob just said, I don't know if anybody heard it, said uh, it'll always put a smile on your face, whatever you're doing, however bad things are, when you hear the dog. Hold on. Bye. I've had to, I've just had to let them out for a second. <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole load of cats in the garden and they're dealing with them. Oh, okay. And so uh, I'll, I'll, um, I'll just, um, just spend a couple of moments talking with you. I want to talk about the serious situation in America in a moment. 
uh, and I want to do a bit of Brexit, and we've got a few other things, And uh, but I've got to get the dogs in. So I'll tell you what, why don't you play a bit of music right here? Okay, yeah, we can do that. We've got, we've got a bit of music, haven't we? We have, we have indeed, yes. Because I've left the back door open, and I don't want to go out there and find bits of a cat all over my garden. Oh, no, that wouldn't be good. No, so it won't happen anyway. They're called the Johns. Yes. Why would you have a band called the Johns? With two J's. Well, it's only got one J here. Yeah, but I put the one J in there so you could say the name properly. Oh, right, okay. So the Johns uh, from Liverpool with a, a, a song called So Alone. It's a new disco anthem. Do we get music from anybody else other than Tony? There's Terry. Could we get Tony and Terry on the uh, on the programme to have a chat to in the next week or so? Well, they're rival uh, PR companies, so... Yeah, I know. I mean, well, let's see if we can't start a bit of a fight with them. <laughs> We could hey, do it. Listen, we're not getting paid, so anybody wants to... Oh, that's a point. Yeah. Are you getting any money out of this? Um, not money, per se. No, no, no. Okay, all right. We'll talk about this after the programme. Here are the Johns and So Alone.
there we are. Those were the Johns and uh, So Alone. Uh, and if you have a piece of music you'd like us to play on the programme, then don't forget all you have to do is get in touch by uh, sending us an email to jamesworldradio at gmail.com. All the information to get in touch is on our uh, website or our Facebook page, I think, isn't it? Uh, it should be, yes. And if it isn't, let us know. Now, I've just run around the garden with uh, trying to catch the dogs and get them in, which is why I'm slightly out of breath. <clears throat> but I won't need to go to the gym today, that's for sure. Now, let's talk about the problems of America. I mean, this is just the most appalling situation, and I've been listening and spoken myself over the... Uh, have I told you I've got a show, by the way, on uh, talk radio some Sundays, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday evening... Uh, I'm back with Ash, 7 o'clock until 10 o'clock in the evening on Talk Radio. Uh, and if you want to hear Talk Radio, it's easy. You can get it on your phone, your your laptop, your iPad, your i-everything, your, your every, get DAB radio, get it on your radio as well. I actually think, like cameras, radios are becoming slightly obsolete, don't you? Yeah, I don't use a radio. I use Alexa. Yeah. Oh, we talked about that before, didn't we? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I just, I've got it on my phone. I just go to talk radio and, and hit the app, and I can hear any radio. I could go to TuneIn as another app. You can hear any radio station you want. Used to be that the bigger the speaker, the better the quality of the sound. I found that the sound on your phone, like the pictures, is 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 pretty good. Yeah, because you're station you're on is a talk-based radio station so uh, the sound is very very good for talk but i would imagine yeah. for, for music it probably wouldn't be as good but for definitely for voice it's very good i mean it, it's better when when the original talk radio which is now talk sport is on uh medium wave oh, it yeah. was pretty rubbish well you had all these sort of yeah over the top which is annoying anyway so go and join us on there at Talk Radio Monday to Thursday. And, of course, you can always uh, listen to this anytime you want. Keep it. Take it with you. I'm making a present of it. Do you? Well, it's not the first time we've talked about the uh, these appalling shootings in schools in America. It won't be the last, by the way, because Americans are so f***ing thick, they're not going to do anything about it, are they? But I asked the question on Facebook, is it time for the US to stop policing the world? They think they are the world's police. They think that they are the best nation in the world. They think that what they do should be an example to all of us. They say uh, jump, and we're supposed to say how high. Uh, they say you can't have that sort of weapon or you can't do this. We're supposed to comply. I'm getting fed up with Americans. Not all. I've got some American friends. I've been to America. I'm not going again. I don't care what they think of me. I don't care. I won't be coming back to your country. The country's lovely. It belonged to the natives. We Europeans, unfortunately, sent settlers over there to destroy it, and now it has come back to haunt us, hasn't it? Or am I oversimplifying? Simplifying it. Let's see, what did you say? Dave Bruce says, definitely, they can't even sort their own shit out. Dave, you're right. I have just been looking at Sky News with some of these idiot Republicans trying to argue the point, well, if there'd been people with guns there, if everybody carried a gun, this would never have happened. Funnily enough, there are so many guns available in America, that there, and there never seem to be any guns with the good guys when you need one. But I, you know, is that that's their answer? More guns, less trouble. Well, I, I, I just pity sane, normal people who live in America, because most of them must be completely fucking bonkers. 
Richard Todd says, police the world, 17 dead in Florida, they can't even police their own country. And Richard, this is, this is the way I feel, mate. I think it's about time that America stopped lecturing the world. When the idiot Trump comes on, did you see him? I mean, when did this... I, I know, look, I know I have a bee in my bonnet about religion, and I apologise, but we all have a, a bit, Religion and Brexit, my two big things at the moment. It'll probably change. Um, but when did when did he suddenly decide to start quoting passages from the... This is a man who was recorded telling people how he liked to touch women occasionally in certain uh, uh, inappropriate places and laughed it off. Uh, Paul Nathan uh, said, It's always a disaster, James, to interfere from afar. Look at the mess we made in the Middle East, India and Ireland. The US made the same mistakes in Cambodia and Vietnam and then screwed up royally in Iran. The US should concentrate on passing home laws and getting rid of the Second Amendment. Paul, lots of intelligent people agreeing with me. <laughs> I cut some bloke off on uh, a, a guest that I'd invited to come on and talk. I didn't like the way he talked to me, so I cut him off. He's, I'm not going on that program again. It's okay, he won't be invited again. Actually, I find cutting people off who think that they are um, they're, they're, they're pundits or people who come on and they talk about particular things occasionally, if they talk rot, because we see so many of them talking rot or hearing them talk rot, I quite like putting them in their place. In fact, I'm actually beginning to wonder whether I prefer putting them in their place than politicians. Justin Richardson says, if uh, by policing the world you mean mind their own beeswax, yes, beeswax. Um, it, what are we going to do? The Second Amendment, of course, where they have the right to bear arms, uh, was put into their constitution back when they were fighting the British, I think, and uh, uh, they felt that they might need to rise up and uh, protect themselves. That need doesn't arise anymore. What they have is a bunch of idiots uh, who uh, who watch too many American films and think that shooting people in the street is normal. Um, but it's something about the American psyche, because I think Japan has some of the most violent video games, doesn't it? And, and m more people playing them, yet less violence in the streets or something. I, I don't know. Can't uh, America, if they want the Second Amendment, just use it sensibly, like having a shotgun above the fireplace, and that's all <laughs> you're allowed? I mean, why do you need an assault rifle? Well, there might be somebody else with one. Uh, you, you know, this is there just is no legislation, and, and you know, they have these powerful gun lobbies uh, the NRA, the National Rifle Association, are the ones who uh, who finance a lot of Trump's campaign. So he's not going to have a go at them, uh, and they they have an enormous amount of support because a lot of people um, are scared and they think, well, if we don't have a right to have a gun, somebody else has got one, and we and it's it's a self fulfilling prophecy. But it, it it it's a self fulfilling prophecy of the stupid and the idiotic. Jim Byrne says, how many more times will this happen? Many, Jim, many, before they realise it needs to change. Uh, constitutions must change with the times. How can they police the world when they can't police aspects like this? Time for change and long, long overdue. Um, Andy Whitelaw says, you know, James, a wise man once said a mistake can be made by anyone, only a fool makes it twice, or in the case of some, over and over again. Um, Peter G. 
Mulligan or Milligan Wallace says the USA must therefore be a bent cop. Uh, Russ Kane says it should have stopped in the 1960s during Vietnam and Cambodia or even in the 1950s after Korea. One screw up after another. And David Bull says, sort your own country out first, guys, and then you can show everyone that your way works. I'll do one more. Arthur Sutherland says, it may well be on its last legs, but the problem is America does not realise it, and it'll go through tumultuous death throes in denial, which will adversely affect the rest of us. Well said, Arthur. Well said, my friend. I, I, it is a real, real problem. And, um, and I think that... I, I don't, the answer is somebody with common sense has to take over in America and it will take years to sort it out. But I do suggest that America that is a fairly corrupt nation, the amount of corruption that goes on. Somebody was telling me the other day, I think it was Doug Steffen, the host of Good Day USA, that the amount of uh, corruption with the, arm, the armed forces in America, if they could sort that out, it would save them something like $40 billion dollars. Um, and they just, they just, you know, somebody comes up with an idea, sells it to the uh, uh, the forces in America. They do it. They spend billions on it, and they never use it. They've got warehouses full of weapons, ordnance that they are probably never going to use. And if they did use, it would be probably the end for all of us. And th this is their psyche. This is their mentality. I feel sorry for Americans. I, I really do. I, I mean, there are, are some decent people like every, anywhere but this sort of the the american culture of we are great you know all this make america great again well why did they feel they weren't they've got an inferiority complex and the problem with having an inferiority complex you quite often behave appallingly to try and get over it which is what we're seeing now did i see on the uh, on, on the news program that some people were calling for the actual teachers themselves to be armed in the classroom yeah yeah how stupid is that well what sort of society have they caused for themselves what sort of you know a lot of it is because of their freedoms and they reckon you, you know you tell somebody what to do and you've taken away their freedom yet what they don't understand is uh freedom has to be uh, has to be gained with responsibility you don't have freedom without responsibility and your freedom may in impose uh or yeah, impose on somebody else's freedom, and then then you have to come to a, an agreement. The whole thing's just daft. It is. I wouldn't go to America. I wouldn't want to live in America. I mean, I, I've been. I don't know. Have you been to America? I'm banned. Are you? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I've just got this funny feeling that I wouldn't get a visa. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't even try. But I've, I've been my time a few times, and in fact, last time I went, have we got have we got that. Um, have we got that, that film I made in America? Yeah, Whaley Goes to Boston. It's on YouTube. Is it? All right. Okay. I haven't seen that for years. And uh, and I just, uh, I went, did my radio show from a radio station in um, in Boston. Then I went to make a commercial on Cape Cod. I think that was the last time I went back in the 90s. I'm sure there's a shot of you in some Speedos in a hotel room on that video. I sincerely hope there isn't. Is there? <laughs> yes. Is there really? Yeah. Have you put that online? It's, it's on you. It's on, everyone's seen it. Every, it's, it's, it's out there. Really? You can always say it's okay. fake. Yeah, well, it would have been. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I think it's time for you. I've, I've just 
gone on and on and on. Isn't it time for you to do something now? What about tech talk? Or have you seen any movies? Is there any anything you want to talk about? I can I can do both those. You know, got any got any problems? You've been to the doctors? I don't know. I can do tech talk and films. Well, carry on. Uh, I a, could go and run around the garden while you're doing it. <laughs> uh, there's a gentleman called uh, Frank Dickman. Unfortunate name. Well, it's very apt in this case. He's suing Microsoft, uh, apparently for $600 million, or a free copy of Windows 7, because... Uh, <laughs> Because he used to have Windows 7 on his computer and then Microsoft upgraded it to Windows 10 and basically ruined his computer. So he's very upset. <laughs> She's upset too. Yeah, yeah. yeah go on. Um, so um, I, I kind of think Microsoft might just send him a copy of Windows 7 just to shut him up. But uh, he's actually sued Microsoft and the CEO personally. <laughs> Will that not have cost him more money than actually buying a new computer? I suppose it's just like the small claims in the UK, isn't it? You just go into the court and just fill out a form, pay a small fee, and then hope that the CEO turns up and sits next to you in the courtroom. I don't think that'll Why happen. Why don't we though. do that? Why well, don't we do that see what we could get? We'll, we'll get you, free stuff. Who do you want to sue? I don't care. Who could we sue? Uh, can I sue Coca-Cola for having... Uh, their, their stuff is just too nice, and um, I like it too I wish much. You'd I wish you'd stop drinking that stuff. I really do. Mm. Oh. <laughs> did you hear that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm going to go. You carry on. I'm going to check it out. Okay. <clears throat> uh, from this week, uh, Google Chrome browser Why? will block. Why? You s what? Uh, how can I do this when he's just going on in the background with the dogs? Yeah. Come on, Lulu. Come sit down. I'll just carry on. Have now. you finished? No. So uh, from this week, uh, Google Chrome browser will uh, block useless and rubbish adverts. Thank God for that. And uh, one million Snapchat users want to revert the uh, software back to the old design because they're not happy with it. That's one million users. That's a lot. Is it? Yeah, I don't use Snapchat. That's one million. <clears throat> no, Snapchat's for girls, isn't it? <laughs> for girls and boys that want to show bits. Show what? What the, when, I, when Snapchat first launched, I, I'm sure it was for girls and boys to show bits and pieces of each other, and then it gets deleted after a few minutes on the other end. I've never oh, used right. it. I thought you said show tits. Well, that's bits. <laughs> so, bits or tits? Well, Which you, is it? Tits well, or bits? Either. I've never used it. I don't really care. It's one of the maps that oh, I'm not bothered about, really. I'm yeah. just reporting the news. Yeah. You know, just, so. What's that other one? Snapchat and... Um, Tinder. Tinder and the others. I don't know. There are others. Grinder. Grinder, what's that? That's the, the gay version of Tinder. Oh, right, okay. And what did, what did the other, what, the Snapchat was something else, wasn't it, where people post bits of themselves or post um, photographs of them? Uh, Instagram. Instagram, that's it, yeah. Do you do that? No, but that's quite tame. That's just a bolt onto Facebook now. It's just a, oh, right. it's just a, a photo gallery. <clears throat> it's not really. Uh, yeah. I keep getting uh, sent, people want to link with me on LinkedIn, which I, I went on LinkedIn once. I've never really bothered. I've forgotten my password and anything else. I never look at it. Uh, but people I, I know keep on sort of wanting to link with me on, on, on LinkedIn. Yes, because LinkedIn, as far as I'm concerned, is a virus and everyone should remove it. Really? Why? Because it, it trawls through your email addresses and your contacts and, and plagues them with uh, fake adverts saying, oh, so-and-so wants to contact you on LinkedIn. Why didn't you join them? And you haven't. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's doing that on your behalf because you've obviously agreed to it at some point by having a look yeah. at link- LinkedIn. Just everybody that listens to the show, go to their LinkedIn account and just remove themselves from it. That'd be handy. That'd be nice. Okay. Well, tell me how to do it because I don't remember ever doing it. So I'll do it for you then. Okay, yeah, just remove it. Um, right, have we got time for me to have a, a, my uh, my weekly go at Brexit and the Brexiteers? It's getting worse, isn't it? Uh, Northern Ireland can't even come to any agreement to uh, govern themselves because of the uh, stupid, petty infighting of the main political parties. Uh, that's got nothing to do with Brexit, but by golly, that's going to... Uh, Uh, heap enormous loads of doo-doo on the uh, negotiations if they ever get round to negotiations about about how we actually um, uh, police the border. And uh, I talked to John Redwood the other day, uh, Brexit MP, the Conservative MP for Wokingham, who's very gung-ho Brexit, who talked, uh, said, oh, you shouldn't even be talking about that. There's no, no need to even worry about that. There'd be no problem at all. Uh, we've all, we, we still have uh, a border with the EU now in Ireland, and uh, it works well. We have a different currency. We have different VAT rates, and uh, I don't actually think we do have different VAT rates. We have a different cur- currency, yeah. Um, but that isn't, the point is that when we leave the EU, we are part of the EU now, so the border really is, is pretty irrelevant. When we leave it, it'll have to be policed. You can't just have an open border like we have. How are you going to get around it? Nobody knows and nobody's prepared to talk about it because David Cameron, who should be called before the nation made to bow and apologise stupidly because he's an idiot and a very weak man, very weak man, by the way, uh, thought he'd just give the country an in-out referendum you know, because people always say to politicians, "You never answer the question," and they don't. Um, so why don't we? Uh, why don't we just give people something straightforward? In Europe or out of Europe, that is what we decide. And a lot of people, for all kinds of reasons, some because they were thick and stupid, but not all by any means, uh, decided they wanted to leave Europe. Some because they thought they'd be better off. Some because they just hadn't really given it much thought. And some politicians because they thought they would get more power. Nobody thought it through. Cameron didn't even think people would, in the main, vote to leave. But the vote to leave uh, campaign was more or less a vote against the political classes. So now we're in the situation where we are going to have to pay for this for years and years and years. And don't give me all this bollocks about, oh, we're going to do great trade deals with these countries, great trade deals with these countries all over, marvellous trade deals. They're going to be falling over themselves to do trade with us. Well, to start off with, we're going to have to negotiate new trade deals with everybody because once we leave the European Union, we don't have the might of the European Union behind us. A lot of companies that came to set up businesses in this country will leave because they want to be within the European Union. The European Union is made up of 27 other countries. We have to do a new deal with each single country out there and then all the other countries around the world. So we may adopt the world trade rules to begin with, which will not favor us at all. Hasn't I'm, I'm pretty stupid. I don't know much about this, but hasn't anybody thought about it? Imagine, let's use an American analogy. Imagine you're out there in the middle of the plains in in one covered wagon and the Redskins decide to attack you. 
If you had 27 wagons and you could put them in a circle and dive inside, you would be better off than being on your own, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, yes, you would, yes, yeah. I rest my case. And Boris Johnson, although everyone, oh, he's very clever, he knows Latin. Lots of people know Latin, it doesn't make them clever. It's a completely useless language, unless you want to be a doctor, I suppose, or a gardener, you might need a bit of Latin. I mean, I, I, I got sacked for making a sarcastic comment about Boris when he wanted to be the mayor of London, and I've never forgiven him. Yeah, he owes you um, now. He owes me big time, yeah. And he's not a, actually, I quite like him. On a personal level, I quite like him. But he, he, he really, if you think Boris Johnson will be a great prime minister, you are a f***wit. Because trust me, he won't be. So I asked the question on Facebook, is cuddly, friendly Boris Johnson doing a good job at making you feel all warm and cosy about leaving the EU? Because he started this charm offensive that kind of went wrong. Um, Michael Rogers says, I cannot take Boris seriously. He's got the brains and the mindset, but when it comes down to delivery, he thinks everything is comedy. It's not what I would expect a cabinet minister to behave like. Didn't hear his speech yesterday, but understand there were one or two unnecessary phrases in there. <laughs> Hang on, just a minute. <laughs> Boris is not that bad, guys. What's oh, hang on. You'll have lots of editing. Anyway, <clears throat> okay, sorted them out. Uh, so, uh, Mikey Krell, Cree, strange name. Uh, Europe will never release us from its grip. Brexit was just doing away with a stone in the government's shoe. Dealt, dusted, addressed, but in real terms, we'll never leave. It was just a bit of pantomime with everybody's favourite clown as the ringmaster. Uh, Mikey, um, I wish it was true. I don't think it is. I think it's already costing us dear. Uh, C.W. Lett says he's trying to reinvent himself as a serious politician. He has no chance. And Bruce Allman says, of course, the NHS is going to be £350 million per week better off, isn't it? <laughs> Andy Quick says, is he a real politician then? I thought he was just a mascot. He's a kind of mascot. And it annoys me now when he does the hair ruffle bit. Either it's uh, an, an affectation that he can't help, like a nervous twitch. And if it is a nervous twitch, he needs to get some kind of uh, help for that. Or he actually thinks, oh, I better do that now. People expect it. It's my gimmick. Or he's got lice. Or he's got lice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jim Blair says, Boris didn't expect to get the yes vote. He did the equivalent of finding out it was yes, farted, and left the room. <laughs> That's very true, Jim. He had, of course, written two uh, two speeches to make. One saying he wanted to stay within the union and one saying he was happy to leave. Had the vote gone the other way, he would have been with the majority. Uh, that's the kind of guy he is. Peter Jenkins says, Boris scares me. He could quite easily talk us into a war. The man may be intelligent, but that does not stop him being a complete narcissistic buffoon. And he does, you know, there is a part of him that sees himself as a Winston Churchill. And Winston Churchill only flourished during a war. Churchill was not a great politician during peacetime, which is why he, uh, he didn't sort of stay prime minister that long in peacetime. 
Uh, Nick Shield says, it's my regressive countryman I am most annoyed about. Mm. And uh, let's do one more. Susan Harris says, uh, I would not trust Boris to run a bath, let alone the Brexit negotiations. And never, ever should he be uh, let loose running the country. He is in it for himself. Have you forgotten he had to sum up which side to support? Where would he benefit most from between leave or remain in furthering his main goal of becoming the prime minister of our country? It's a very sad day for us British if he ever has the key to number 10. He doesn't care about the UK. He cares only about himself. So some of your thoughts, and funnily enough, most agreeing with me, which is a worry, isn't it, really? They don't actually have keys for number 10. They just open the door for you. Yeah, but it's, you know. Um, should we do a bit of uh, mail? There's a mail coming in if you want to get in touch uh, with us here at uh, JWH, James Whale Headquarters. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Abbreviations. Uh, JWH. Mm. Very clever. Yeah. Um, this is from uh, Rico. And Rico says, I'm writing in regards to your broadcast on talk radio the other evening. I'm sure that many will have written in to you, but I just wanted to say how touched I was uh, about the way you spoke about your wife's very serious health problems. Well, thank you, Rico, for that. And thank you for a very long uh, email. And I won't read the whole thing, but uh, um, thank you for it. You say, keep up the good work on the radio. Uh, and what you say really does count, make a difference to many people. Isn't it very nice? So, Rico, thank you for that. Um, and uh, another one, uh, James, my name's Tom Vasey. I'm 15 years old. For the past few years, I've started watching you on television, and I have to say I absolutely love it. I find it very entertaining. You were a legend on Celebrity Big Brother and should have won. As a huge fan of yours, I was wondering if it was possible to get a signed photograph. I wonder where that was going. Um, <laughs> why have you put a one of I should have read that first, shouldn't I, really? Um Anyway, so uh, thank you for that. If you want to get in touch, uh, jameswellradio at gmail.com. We are rapidly running out of time. Yeah, and you cut um, my uh, films out. I, a, I cut films out? Didn't yeah. you do films? No, we didn't. You just went straight into Brexit. Did I? Yeah. Oh, well, why don't you do films and then we'll do questions? I thought you'd done it, you see, because I was outside with the dogs while you were doing that. No, I was doing uh, the tech tour. Well, I wasn't really doing it. I was listening to you with the dogs, but... Uh... Oh, for goodness sake, how how unprofessional can you get well, what about movies you haven't sent me any nice movies lately anyway i've seen everything that you told me to look at i need a bigger box to send you yeah. bigger, more movies down i will send you more movies down i mean eamon holmes was going on about food in cinemas the other day and i thought what, what, what why are you talking about this and then we did a handover eamon does a program before me on talk radio he says and what do you think about uh, food in cinemas i said well i don't go to the cinema because people do eat in the cinema and it f***ing annoys me. It annoys you know, me, yeah. Uh, yeah, drinks and food. And you get some fat f***er with a fat f***ing kid sitting there f***ing filling their stupid fat f***ing mouths with, I don't know, tacos or burgers. or And you think, what? And, and then you think, I'm sitting in front of them and they're probably farting at my headline. Oh, no. I have to go. I don't, I, I don't go to the, the pictures anymore because people are disgusting in many cases and usually find the people who go to the cinema are the most unfit. Have you ever noticed that? Well, I go to the cinema. Ah, oh, rest my case. I was there last night. I watched 1517 to Paris. It's a Clint Eastwood film about the uh, terrorist attack on a train in France. Yeah. yeah. Was it any good? It was shit. 
Yeah, and I, I think most... I used to be a huge Clint Eastwood fan when he stayed being a cowboy, and when he did Dirty Harry, I thought that was quite fun. Uh, but since he's become a leading light of the National Rifle Association in America, I've got no time for the person. Basically, the um, obviously, the end of the film is about six minutes of activity on the train. The remaining film is like watching X Factor. You know when they do the backstory mm. about your... Oh, oh, no. I hate those films. Because you know what's going to happen at the uh, end. I, I, that annoys me to do them that way. Have you found that copy of the movie that my friend Luke Goss has just directed? Uh, yeah, it, we're, we're sorting it. Good, good. Um, but, uh, yeah, the actors in the uh, 1517 to Paris were the actual real people that were on the train, so you can imagine oh, how badly good. acted Ar the film was. Arty-farty stuff, then. Well, it's just a dull. It, was, it really was like watching uh, yeah. X Factor. Uh, it, was, it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, I also watched Fifty Shades Freed. <laughs> you dirty little shit. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> was... You sat there in your Mac... Along with everybody else. I took my wife. It was Valentine's Day. Oh, for goodness sake. That makes it all right, does it, then? I don't know how it gets an 18 certificate. I'd, I'd, if there was a 16 certificate, I'd give it that. It, there was hardly anything in it. What do you mean, hardly anything in it? What, what, what did you want in it? Well, you know, you, you, you think, you know, I'm going to go take my wife, get her in the mood, you know. Nah, there's nothing like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It was uh, it was all right. Uh, it was better than uh, 1517 to Paris. So if it's those two movies yeah. you got to pick from in the cinema, I'll go and see Fifty Shades. God. Yeah. Well, I won't be seeing either of them, I don't think. I'll send you it on Blu-ray when it comes out, so I'm sure I'll get a Damn. copy. What? Which one? The Fifty Shades. Oh, okay. Um, right, go on. Anything else? Um, no, nothing else. We're not talking about Oxfam this week. We've, we've got that in the... Uh... Um, all I'll say is that, that these charities get so big, they become like multinationals, and they don't... You know, the problem is they're run by people who run charities and not business people, and they suddenly get enormous amounts of money in, and they can't keep control, and there's no discipline, and this is what we're seeing now. And when something happens, like in these churches and religious organisations, when something happens, they try to hide it or pretend, you know, they'll deal with it themselves, suddenly think they're above the law because of what they supposedly represent. And they also use these charity muggers, chuggers, <clears throat> okay? And uh, I object to any charity. I would never give to Oxfam. I never have and I never would uh, because they, they have so much money going in they can't possibly know where they're putting it and what they're doing with it. Uh, and now we realise that they don't really know what they're doing. Um so I, 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 we did ask on uh, on Facebook, and I'll do a few of these. Have uh, recent events put you off donating? I didn't donate anyway. Uh, Russ Kane says one hundred percent yes. I won't donate. I only give where I know where the money is going. Uh, Debbie Bay says uh, they are more businesses now than charities. See, Debbie, uh, I absolutely agree with you. Alison Browning says I'm careful to whom I donate. I tend to donate to crowd funds for terminally ill children set up by families to give kids a good time. I think that's excellent, absolutely excellent. We need, of course, to help people overseas in other countries, and that is what the overseas aid from our country is supposed to do, not necessarily charities. Once they are so fully stretched all over the world, you begin to wonder where the money is going. I also heard a story saying that the uh, Oxfam shops are just there to remind you of the charity. They don't actually make any money. Uh, Karen 
Karen's homemade. Uh, my donations go to the Dogs Trust and Cancer Research. This year, I bought beautiful Christmas cards from the Kidney Cancer UK charity, which is mine. And thank you very much indeed, Karen. Um, Gary O'Donnell says, when I discovered from an Oxfam staff member that only about 22% max reaches good causes and several ex-heads are now millionaires driving around in Rolls and Bentleys, it's when I decided no more. I'm not sure that that amount is right. Uh, in fact, uh, and I'm not sure why anybody would be driving around in a Rolls or a Bentley because they've been the uh, head of Oxfam. But uh, it's an interesting one. I don't know. I'm sorry, Gary, you put it out. I don't know. And one of the reasons I don't know is because every time we ask to do an interview with somebody from Oxfam, they never get back to us. Uh, Diane Hammond says charities are not charitable anymore. Uh, Kieran Fox I know of a charity that I did some work with that donates only a fraction of its takings to its chosen good causes. And the company that makes materials and products for the charity to sell is owned by the same CEO. Also, they have appalling staff working practices and conditions. What a shame you didn't tell me the name of the charity. Uh, Darren Hart says they're big business now, regardless of your political leanings. How on earth can the CEOs of most large charities be earning more than the Prime Minister? Well, how come CEOs generally earn more than the Prime Minister? Uh, Nigel Hinks says, I don't uh, give to these large charities. People think their donations are going to good causes. Little be known about the huge administrative costs. And to one more, Lee Stevens says, I can't afford to donate money to charity, but I always give my unwanted items to smaller charity shops when I can. Oxfam's far too big and not a charity. So it doesn't seem like many people are in favour of Oxfam anymore. Aren't they calling for a rebrand of Oxfam? Are they? I think so, yeah. I think the name's tarnished now, isn't it? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is. I think that, uh, yeah, they'll they'll have to... um, They will have to uh, get rid... Of Oxfam, they'll have to come up with a new name. But I'm not even sure that that would do any good. It is right, though, when you see adverts on the telly saying only £3 would feed this child for a yeah. week or whatever. But it's thousands of people's £3 will actually get to that one child. That's what they don't tell you. And that's what annoys people, I think. Hmm. I agree. I absolutely agree. Should we do questions for the whale, then? Um, that was a shit segue, by the way. Uh, right, yeah, carry on. Uh, Tony Alessi. Why are so many people falling for phone scams? I don't know, because I suppose you still don't expect it to happen to you. But if you get a foreign person on the um, on the phone, and I get, I'm get, i getting fed up with it, particularly I'm looking after Mrs W. Phone goes and you get some, uh, are you in front of your computer? Welsh person, obviously. Uh, and... You know, it's a wanker. And so I I'm, I can't, I just can't be asked with them. And by the way, a lot of them come from India. Yeah. So why do the banks use call centres in India? A lot of them are changing that now, though, I think. Good. Well, change it completely. Because as soon, I'm sorry to say this, and I apologise to my Indian friends and my Pakistani friends, but when I get a voice on, straight away I just cut them off now. Yeah, an Indian yeah. voice on the end of the phone says, uh, how are you today? Are you in front of... Off. Yep. And I don't just say, I don't just cut them off. I usually tell them to off. I didn't have to edit that out. That was good. No, that was good because I can self edit myself. 
that's that's awesome. Can you do can you do that more often? No, you can off. Very good. <clears throat> okay, Alison sure. Browning. Do you think food should be served on plates and not in mini shopping trolleys, slates, chopping boards, and dog bowls? Yeah, I get fed up with that. It's really it it it, it it's like fashion, isn't it? Really, it it just no. I mean, there's one restaurant you used to go, you get steak on a plank. I don't want it on a plank. I want it on a plate, you pillock. Pretentious shit. That's what it is. Yeah. Pretentious shit. You're right. Uh, Tom Poole, your friend, Tom Poole. Hello, Tom. Uh, and your friend. Uh, well, actually, he is, actually. He bought me a, a drink when yeah. I was in Birmingham. Tom Poole from Birmingham. Yeah. Hello, you little girl. Hang on. Go on. You do it. Um. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. Ash actually Jesus in disguise? He could be, actually, yeah. He, uh, Tom, you got a very good point there. He does look sort of uh, like that, which, of course, makes me realise that this, this person, Jesus, could have been anybody at that time, a couple of thousand years ago, who could do magic tricks. Very, he's like Dynamo, isn't he, Jesus? Yeah, yeah, very similar. Is, uh, is uh, Ash the second coming? I don't think he's had the first coming. <laughs> if he had a wash, he might stand a chance. <laughs> They're <laughs> rude about him because you know he doesn't smell. I've never met him <laughs> much. Uh, Mark Gibbs, uh, why yeah. has Sky taken Fox News off the telly? Um, I, have they? I didn't notice. I've no idea. Uh, I think it's something to do with the takeover of Sky TV. With the um, was it Fox? We're going to take it over, and they were worried that there was too much Fox stuff on the TV, so they took the channel off. <laughs> But isn't it being bought by Disney now? <laughs> Does that mean if I go on and do a paper review on Sky, uh, which obviously at the moment I can't do, um, I've got to dress up as a Disney character? Oh, I hope not. It's a Mickey Mouse company, isn't it, now, Sky? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rob James. They won't ask me back again. <laughs> well, no, it, was, it was me that made the statement. Yeah, oh, that's good, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rob James. Does a reverse side also have a reverse side? Of course it does. Everything has a reverse side. Matt Perland, uh, what is your source of choice when eating sausage and chips? Uh, tomato. There's no other sauce, is there, really, for that kind no, of uh, no. dish? Mm. Uh, Terry Wallington, what do you think about time travel and do you believe it? Yeah, absolutely, time travel will eventually be uh, achievable. Yeah, of course it will. And um, David Burrell, why is it when you toss a coin, most people call heads? Do you know, I don't know, really, because they always think of heads as a more positive side. I, I like tails myself. Right, I'm off out. Uh, thank you very much indeed, everybody. Uh, thank you for your wishes as well. I'll pass them on to Melinda. Uh, we'll be back same time, same place, same time. Same place. Same bat channel. Same back channel, yeah. Uh, he's been Rob, I've been James. Take it easy.
listening to the James Well Radio Show. For more information, visit www.jameswellradio.co.uk. Why not check us out on facebook.com slash jameswellradioshow or follow James on Twitter at the James Whale. James Whale, the voice of reason.